0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Real Market Talks 10-Minute Market Update. In the first half of 2023, Chicago emerged as the leader among U.S. markets in the net absorption of retail space, with almost 1.7 million square feet absorbed. Two significant factors behind this resurgence are the impressive recovery of restaurant visits and a wealthy local population. The retail space availability rate in Chicago dropped to 6.8% in Q2 2023, marking the lowest since 2005. This decline occurred even as retail construction hit historic lows, ensuring a balance between supply and demand. Chicago's restaurant industry witnessed a 7.6% boost in the initial seven months of 2023, surpassing the U.S. average growth. Part of this surge is credited to the popular TV series The Bear, which has significantly raised the city's profile. Additionally, Chicago's culinary reputation remains strong, securing the sixth spot on Food & Wine's 2023 Top 10 U.S. Food Cities list and earning accolades for 25 of its restaurants. Financially, Chicago continues to thrive, ranking fourth in investment income in the U.S. last year. Luxury brands find the city particularly appealing thanks to its affluence and retail spaces that are significantly more affordable compared to cities like Manhattan, Miami, and Los Angeles. The future looks promising for Chicago, which has overcome the challenges of 2020 and is projected to remain a center of wealth and commerce. With declining retail availability and growing interest in prime retail spaces, the retail real estate market is anticipated to experience further growth. The urban economies affected by the decreased demand for older office buildings due to the pandemic-induced shift toward hybrid working may see a resurgence. This year, office conversion projects have more than doubled with around 100 expected to be completed in major U.S. cities, a significant increase from the annual average of 41 between 2016 and 2022. Currently, there are 60 million square feet of office conversions, either planned or in progress, representing a 1.4% of the total U.S. office inventory. Nearly half of these projects are office-to-multifamily conversions. Since 2016, such conversions have resulted in about 20,000 housing units, and the current projects aim to add another 21,000. CBRE notes that cities with many older office buildings, such as Cleveland and Boston, are leading in terms of conversion projects. In particular, Cleveland has 11% of its total office inventory under conversion or planned, while Boston boasts 6.1 million square feet in conversions. Interestingly, 7 out of the top 10 markets for conversion activity surpassed the U.S. average office vacancy rate of 18.2% as of Q2 2023. Government incentives are playing a pivotal role in these conversion projects. Both state and federal authorities are providing schemes to make office-to-residential conversions financially viable for developers, particularly emphasizing affordable and eco-friendly housing. However. While conversions present an opportunity for revitalizing city centers, they aren't the sole solution to the challenges in the U.S. office market. The emphasis is on cities to offer financial incentives to repurpose outdated buildings, turning them into vibrant mixed-use centers that cater to modern needs. As companies focus on their 2030 sustainability goals and reconsider their post-COVID working strategies, there's an increased emphasis on low-carbon buildings. Energy efficient spaces powered by clean energy are gaining popularity due to their resilience to regulatory changes, attractiveness to employees, and alignment with corporate sustainability objectives. Research by JLL reveals that demand for top quality, low-carbon workspaces will surpass supply by 75% in major U.S. markets by 2030. This translates to an anticipated deficit of 57 million square feet of eco-friendly office space in the coming years. Supply-demand dynamics differ among cities. For instance, Washington, D.C. faces a higher deficit because of its significant governmental bodies and their sustainability aims. Chicago's market is notably undersupplied due to existing inefficient buildings, a limited development pipeline, and scarce clean energy sources. New York, dominated by financial and professional services firms, is experiencing severe shortage in its pipeline compared to the anticipated demand from companies with carbon commitments. Only about 43% of the current Class A office space across six major U.S. markets will meet this growing demand. This suggests that the premium for such spaces will likely rise. JLL notes that cities like London and Paris are already witnessing low-carbon prime offices surpassing historical rental peaks this year. On the demand side, companies are reevaluating their office requirements, prioritizing sustainability. While green certifications remain popular, they often only consider the building's design and construction. Modern, sustainability-minded companies are now more focused on a building's entire life cycle and its efficiency over time. Shifting regulations also play a role. Currently, there are 48 benchmarking policies and 11 building performance standards in the U.S. This number is expected to rise to over 35 jurisdictions with building performance standards by 2024. If every premium office building across six major U.S. cities were subject to New York's 2030 emissions limits, only a quarter would meet the criteria. Addressing these challenges presents commercial benefits. Building owners who proactively make their building sustainable can gain financially through increased rents, reduced debt, and the ability to attract or retain premium tenants. Conversely, not acting poses risks, from potential tenant migration to the costs associated with tighter regulations. Collaborative approaches like green leases are emerging as a solution to the supply, demand, imbalance for eco-friendly spaces. Such collaborations allow building owners and occupants to jointly reduce emissions and share costs and rewards. Given the shift in office leasing dynamics due to hybrid working trends, implementing effective decarbonization plans offers a valuable opportunity for building owners to remain competitive. The U.S. housing market is currently out of reach for most potential buyers due to sky-high prices. While purchasing a house hasn't been cheap in decades, The pandemic significantly exacerbated the situation as remote work broadened the potential for where people could live, leading to rising demand and soaring prices in so-called Zoom towns. In 2022, mortgage rates spiked dramatically, jumping from the 3% range to over 7%. Despite this, decades of underbuilding have prevented any significant decline in housing prices. Andy Walden. VP of Enterprise Research for ICE Mortgage Technology has stated that for the housing market to be deemed affordable again, there needs to be a 35% correction in price, a 4% drop in mortgage rates, or a 55% growth in income. Unfortunately, these shifts seem highly improbable. Additionally, while house prices are escalating, inventory remains low, deterring both buyers and sellers. Current data shows that 1 fourth of new buyers are now paying around $3,000 a month just on principal and interest. This means many homeowners might end up spending over 60% of their income solely on mortgages. Walden notes that the market's future hinges on inventory changes in the upcoming months, emphasizing the importance of monitoring inventory data. Recent data from Zillow indicates a minor increase in new listings but it's nowhere near enough to claim an end to the inventory drought. Housing market experts have been cautioning about a potential crash in the U.S. real estate sector for years. Concerns intensified as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates to combat inflation, resulting in mortgage rates hitting their highest in 23 years. However, even with these changes, the housing market has not experienced a collapse like the one in 2008. In fact, national home prices reached their peak in June 2022, and although they fell by over 5% by January, they rebounded to a record high by July. A team from Bank of America suggests that the current situation mirrors the housing dynamics of the 1980s more than the 2008 crash. Distinct differences from the 2008 market crash are evident. Unlike 2008, there's no noticeable excessive housing development today and households are not as strained by mortgage debt. In the second quarter, household mortgage debt was around 65% of consumers' disposable income compared to 100% prior to the global financial crisis. Additionally, due to new laws enacted post-GFC, riskier adjustable rate mortgages have decreased significantly. Drawing parallels with the 1980s, home prices had similarly surged for years before the Federal Reserve increased interest rates to curb inflation. Even as interest rates spiked, national home prices remained steady. The current Federal Reserve strategy of hiking interest rates to tame inflation is reminiscent of this past approach. However, despite the slowdown in mortgage applications and a drop in home sales, home prices haven't crashed. A prime factor for this stability can be attributed to demographics. The baby boomers were in their prime home buying age in the 1980s, and now the millennials are in a comparable position this demographic shift, along with low inventory of homes for sale, can potentially support the housing market. Despite this, Bank of America's team anticipates potential market turbulence due to prolonged higher mortgage rates. They forecasted no growth in home prices and a decline in home sales for 2023. Nevertheless, they believe that once inflation recedes and the Federal Reserve reduces interest rates, the housing market will stabilize. Until then, They caution that the market journey might be tumultuous. That's all for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.